Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. Yes? I want you yeah. to tell me okay. how you uh-huh. met Groot. Oh. Because he was on your, what, Instagram page. Yeah. And I don't know him. Yeah, I... So why do you? Well, we met Does back he in... live in Evanston? Yeah, we met in kindergarten. Oh, um, shoot. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he was very upcoming with his name, which I thought was so nice. <laughs> it was so nice. You know, because not you know some kids are shy to introduce mm-hmm, themselves. Mm-hmm. He was right there. I am Groot. And I yeah. was like, I am Kate. That is so sweet. And we became fast friends. Oh. That's so nice. Uh, the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago has an exhibit on Marvel, uh, and they have costumes and props and uh, history of uh, Marvel comics, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing. And they have a giant, uh, like a it's like made out of metal, steel, wood, uh, Groot bust. A Groot bust. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get that. I call that all the time. Yeah. It's, I highly recommend the exhibit, though. It's very cool. I think it's here until September. We have already reserved tickets, but we could not get tickets until, like, I think late August. It is already sold out to that point. So if folks want to buy them, buy them now because uh, they are not going to be around for long. Yeah. We got lucky. There was a, the penguinologist had a an, an industry meetup thing there. So the museum was closed only for those in his biz. Speaking of great things. This is a great podcast. Is it now? Yeah, apparently, because that was as much as I could transition into. <laughs> With uh, some yes. great hosts. I, we, we had great hosts, from yeah, what I hear. The best hosts. The best hosts. <laughs> so what's this host's name over here? Oh, I'm Kate. And I am Betsy. And uh, yes, this is Fuse 8 and Kate. And what do we talk about on this podcast? Great books. Oh, we do. Yeah. You really threw, you always throw me off when you do the correct answer. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm not prepared for it. Um, but not every book that we do on this podcast is great. Isn't that correct? Yes. Sometimes they're crap. Yes. Yes. These are picture books to be specific. We're not talking about great works of modern literature. So if you were hoping to hear about Early Morning Riser, I'm sorry. We're not talking about it. War and peace. Let's go through it. Page <laughs> That's a little one. older than I was going for, <laughs> but sure. The other black girl, for example, a little more contemporary than that. We're not talking about that either. What we are talking about, today's book, uh, so we hadn't done, we've done a bunch of different types of potential classics. Um, today I just wanted to go all in on an author and illustrator that we have done once and only once before, and I know this for a fact, we have definitely not done another book by them, but I thought, you know what, it's time to return to my mind, they have two great books that are well known. Uh, some people would argue for three and some people are going to get very mad at me when they realize that the book that I'm pulling out is not this third book uh, that I've just alluded to. Yeah, I but... think they know what the book is because they saw the name of the podcast. <sighs> See, I would think that a truly dedicated person would go into each episode blind. They would find a way to blur out the title of every single podcast and just be completely surprised every time. I don't think that happens. You don't think that happens? No, because all right. of our listeners pick and choose episodes also. I think you're probably right. Well, okay, in that case, they know something you don't, Kate, and I'm about to catch you up with our listeners. Okay. 
Wood and Don Wood. There you go. Do you remember Mr. Bid? I'm sorry, Bid uh, King Bidgoods in the bathtub. Do you remember that? Sorta. Okay, same creators, but this book came out the year of your birth, oh. 1984, and has remained in print very, very well ever since, uh, and is now a delightful picture book. Uh, that I am now handing to you to read. Okay. Go and read that napping book. Okay. Hurrah. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on the napping house. Now, I did not mention this before to Kate, and I will probably not mention it in our conversation later, but this is a cumulative tale. And on the website for this very book, on the website of Audrey Wood, there is a lot of background information on the book, so I'm going to give you a little sneak peek into how this book got made. As Audrey Wood writes, quote, The napping house was inspired by my young son's unusual napping habits. Bruce was very active and basically, from a very young age, refused to nap. We learned by trial and error that the only way we could get him to sleep was to walk him the two blocks to his granny's house. Everything there was restful and calm, and Granny, my mother, always loved to take an afternoon nap. She owned a fluffy dog, and when Granny, the dog, and Bruce settled into her cozy bed, everyone was dreaming in minutes. This became a daily ritual, and we began to refer to my mother's house as the napping house. That's how the book was born. Now, as a child, I was fascinated by the cumulative and step-and-repeat stories, such as the house that Jack built. These stories have the simplicity, the comforting repetition, the musical qualities that attract and hold children and introduce them to the magic of language. And when I was writing The Napping House, I definitely went after a step and repeat story. My research consisted simply of reading cumulative and step and repeat stories over and over. Now that I am more knowledgeable about children's literature, I would highly recommend Iona and P.D. Opie's invaluable work, The Lore and Language of School Children. the cover of this book because it has a lady yawning which then made me yawn and oh, it should not be possible and... it should not be possible for a image to make one yawn and yet here we are it did here we are so the napping house yeah does it is it true to form or is everyone awake the entire time um well, misnomers are not common i'd say in picture books that we've done i mean they're I, rarely ironic I, I have some issues with this book please Proceed. Well, the first page is, says this is a house, a napping house where everyone is sleeping, but it shows you the outside of the house and it shows like a tricycle. So I'm like, are there sleepwalkers? How would someone ride a tricycle if everyone is always sleeping? Does it say always sleeping? Well, it's the napping house where everyone is sleeping. Oh, no, 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 no. You were the one who put the always in. But everyone is a... sleeping. It could be called, you know, like when I was a kid, we used to have a cottage called the brownie house, but that didn't mean we were just throwing brownies into our mouth all day long. Do you, you know, do you, have you ever been to a party house? Because they're always partying. Well, it could sure, be two o'clock in the afternoon. See, now, you have that background to pull from, <laughs> and I have brownies to pull from, so I very just, different. I just thought that was odd to say that 
Who's to say the kid is not sleep tricycling anyway? I, that's kind of what I was wondering. Exactly. I would, I would pay money to see that, actually. I know, right? Right. <laughs> um, so there's this, we get inside the house, and there's this bed with an old woman sleeping in it, and then this poor child is sleeping in a wooden chair. <laughs> the most Maybe uncomfortable. Maybe that's his choice? See, that's what I thought, too, but yeah. then there's a theory. Oh, that I'm oh all right, you. all right, we'll work, up. Show you later. we'll work up to the theory. Right. I like that. So we've got a uh, uh, old lady sleeping in Does a bed. Does she have nylons on? Yeah, well, she's got some sort of stocking. That is on. so sweet because our grandma used to wear nylons, like with her pants, which but, I but thought was just to a her bed, thing. It's a little strange because you can see the seam going up the back of the leg. You oh, it's like that. Wow, that's yeah. classy. Okay, it's weird. You don't go, weird. Granny. Go. I mean, if you're napping, you're not going to be in your full like bed attire, which this woman is. I suspected it was um it was an embarrassment of the feet and you didn't want your child your grandchild to see the state of your older feet and therefore you would wear stockings that, that see, was always my theory through, see through stockings yeah but they, <laughs> but they keep them together right they keep them enclosed what is her way. feet gonna melt apart i she... don't know you <laughs> ask her oh you can't ask her she's asleep right, right so she's sleeping in the bed kids mm, sleeping in an uncomfortable in a ch- chair a really uncomfortable chair it's kind of curvy too and we've got a dog on the floor, a cat on the floor, and then a mouse sleeping on top of a mirror, uh, which I'm is... I'm going to give him points for originality, and it is far from the cat. It's Well, it's as far as from the cat as you can possibly get. You know what's even farther? Not in the room. Right. Outside, yeah. maybe. But exactly. it's raining outside. It could be there's like a carbon monoxide leak, and everyone's just been like flattened, like been put to sleep without needing to be. So. Well, as we turn the page, um, it says that... Well, now Granny is sleeping on this bed, but now the kid is awake and he's walking towards the bed. Mm-hmm. One of Granny's uh, pillows has fallen off the bed and landed on the dog, who's totally okay with it All because right. it's muffling the sound of her snoring. All right. Well played you, dog. That is an example of dogs using tools. <laughs> this is what I don't get. Okay, there's two things that I don't get on okay. this page. Uh, number one... The child has decided that it's more comfortable to sleep <laughs> on his bony old grandmother. Than uh, to... She don't look bony to me. That woman's got a little extra. There's no way sleeping on a hip Her bone. Her hip can't be good. Head, that can't be good for her, a... and that can't be good for right. him. Yeah, I would agree. So he decided that sleeping on her, not like sleeping on the side of the bed. No, you know, no, no, no. He could have done uh, physically... like head to feet, feet to head. Mm-hmm. No. He no, decides... he's on... his head is on the pillow that's on top of her head, which is on another pillow. And he has his feet on her hip. Well, okay, it's just his feet, so it's not not his full weight. I guess his full weight is on her middle. That's not good either. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, how's Granny breathing? That's apparently more comfortable than the wooden chair. I would actually agree that might be more, because he has a pillow now. But, uh, I mean, again, there's a ghost, and the... Wait, what? Oh, yes. What? Where's... What? Where's the ghost? Well, you notice that the shoes... Is it an old lady whispering hush? The shoes that are underneath the chair, the heels are touching. Uh-huh. The heels are touching when the kid wakes up and is uh-huh. walking towards you the bed. You know I get freaked out by moving shoes. And now shoes uh, are apart. Maybe the snores are so loud that it vibrated the floor and caused the shoes to, to break apart. That is the theory that I'm going to go with because shoes moving on their own is like my number one scary thing. And that's what you're going to think about when you go to bed tonight. Shut up, Kate. <laughs> Shut up. Joke's on you. I don't even keep shoes in my room for this very reason. And the shoes stay apart. Whew. So, uh, I'm feeling okay then. Now the dog is wanting to get in on this pile and is sleeping on top of the kid who's sleeping on top of the grandmother. And I would be okay with the dog sleeping on me because I do have a 75 pound dog who does sleep on top of me 
every evening. Me never. I can't touch anything when I sleep. Well, and that, that includes oh, I'm not sleeping. Doggies. The dog sleeps oh, on top see, of me. See, that's on you. I then. don't sleep. That's on you. Okay. That's yeah. But I'm okay. That's your with choice. Because you because you got a puppy and she's like a giant blanket. Your dog is not a puppy. He's a big puppy. He's a he's a large dog. <laughs> he's a seventy five pound weighted blanket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, weighted. We're gonna grant you that one. So now that the dog is on top of the bed, I'm wondering what kind of yoga the cat is doing because the cat is now awake. Yeah. And it's got one foot on the ground. The other foot is really kicking so stretched. high up in the air. Yeah. That it's some weird. That is definitely a yoga move. But and if I knew my yoga, I could Downward tell you what it facing was. Downward facing cat. Sure. <laughs> sure. Do the fact that's literally like downward facing dog is the only move that I know. I can't really contest that, yeah. And now that the cat is awake, the mouse is awake. Oh, well, if the mouse is smart, it would leave. It does. Oh. Well, not the room. Down the throat of it the cat? It just gets down off of the mirror. Is it the cat's throat? <laughs> so, uh... Oh, so it does, yeah. You, you'll notice, though, with each living thing that gets on the bed, because now we have Granny with the kid mm-hmm. on top of her, the dog on top of the kid, and the cat is on top of the dog. Mm-hmm. The headboard and footboard are now bending inwards. Yes. Yeah. It's like, the and the weight. bottom, the bottom is sloping it's precipitously you, yep. downward. Yeah. With the weight of the combined. I'm not sure that, I mean, I can get the dog and the kid and the granny, but the cat, I don't think was adding that much extra weight. You would think. And yet when you look at um, <laughs> the before okay. and the after, there is some this weight cat, to this cat. This cat is apparently a ton. It's uh, amazing these people can breathe. It's about a 200 pound cat. That's a 200 pound cat. <laughs> well, it's he a, hides a it well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a miniature liger. He's a tiny liger. <laughs> Is anyone concerned that the grandmother probably can't breathe right now? Clearly, nobody's concerned about nothing. I think that could be the title. I mean, we've got like a hundred pound kid, a seventy-five pound dog, a two hundred pound cat. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) and Granny is burying it all without complaint on her stomach, without even waking up on her stomach. That's got to be rough. Right? She must. There are internal old bra. There are internal organs that are failing here. There were internal organs. Lungs that were have now collapsed. they have long since gone. Yes. <laughs> but then, okay, so the, the mouse now is sleeping on top of the cat. That's on it. If it wants to be eaten, if it's a suicidal mouse. Ooh, remember there's like that weird virus that gets into like mice and rats and it makes them love cats? Yeah. I, I think that's what this puppy okay. has. Yeah. Then we get to the point where I'm like, okay, now I understand. Uh, the we're at the point where there's now a flea that is now on top of the mouse who's on top of the cat who's on top of the dog who's on top of the boy who's on top of the granny who's on the bed at and the green grass grew all around all around and the green grass grew all around <laughs> boom 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 uh this is where i decided this is actually the child's room oh interesting because granny clearly cannot sleep in this bed she is too big for the bed Her she feet... does appear to be way too large for this bed yes or she's cheap I, I th- won't refuses to buy another bed. I think this is her house, but she has a room for her grandson. Uh-huh. This is his bed because it's clearly oh. a child's bed. Mm-hmm. Yet she took a nap in his bed, and that's why he went to the chair. Oh, he was being considerate. Yes. And then at some point he was like, I'm too tired to be considerate. He didn't want to wake up Granny and be like, Granny, you're in my bed. It's mine. Because it's technically her house. One. Down the hall. Yeah. And he didn't want to sleep in her room because it's got that weird perfume smell and he doesn't care for it. Maybe he's not allowed in there. Maybe not. Maybe the door's closed and 
what kid would dare open their grandmother's door. Exactly. Yeah. So here he is um, being okay with his grandmother sleeping in his Being bed. okay, yeah, also with a dog, cat, and mouse, and flea all being on top of him. Speaking of the flea, uh, the flea apparently... Does it flee? It's, a, it's awake, <laughs> and it wakes up the mouse, um, I guess, by biting it. As they do. And throughout this portion now, you will see the flea like a comet. Ooh! It has a halo around it. Okay, so you can always spot it. Yep, and That's as nice. it goes, That's it's like oh, Haley's Comet ah. flying through I the I believe bedroom. Haley's Comet has a certain trajectory from which it does not... Uh, waver? Waver. Thank you. You're waver. welcome. That's the exact word I was looking for. <laughs> Whereas this flea, I believe it does nothing but waver. Well, it's doing its thing because... Waverly the Free. The flea woke up the mouse who woke up the cat. The cat is seriously awake. Yeah, who woke up the dog. And now you can see the flea is over by the chair now because it's just kind of... See, that flea is smarter than the mouse. The mouse is still within cat leaping distance. Well, the cat has dug all of its claws into the dog. Well, that would wake me up now, wouldn't it? Yeah, and Mm -hmm. now the dog is going to land 75 pounds on top of a little boy... (laughs) Who is now winded because he uh, just got... Winded is a kind way to put it. Yeah. And now the child has woken up Granny. Oh. Yeah. And the bed... And I don't think it's coming back from this. The bed breaks, which wow. makes both Granny and the child very happy. <laughs> Apparently they hated that bed. And who could blame them? It had terrible back support. I'm thinking the kid is now thinking, great, now I can get a bunk bed. And Ooh, Granny yeah. can sleep on the bottom, mm-hmm. and I can sleep on the I'm top. I'm pretty sure Granny's got her own room somewhere. She This was supposed to be the guest room, and she You know what I bet it was? I bet she was reading him a story, and then she conked out while reading him a story. But then why would he? Why was he in the chair trying to fall asleep in the chair? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe she didn't think this through. I don't know, but at this mm. point, it's now daytime. Or it was cloudy before, so maybe it was just rainy. like the, It was rainy before, so now maybe Which the sun's Which is the out. best way to take i don't take naps but i know the best way to take a nap is when it's rainy and it's and it's a miserable day and you want to crawl into a nice warm bed it is fantastic or a nice cool bed depending on if it's you know if you're too hot yeah but at this point it's now daytime like the clouds have passed Mm -hmm. the sun is shining y'all might as well get up anyway and now that the bed's broken let's just all go outside (laughs) and now no one (laughs) is go buy another bed but there's a really you remember how I mentioned that ghost? Yeah. I feel like I can see it in the window. Just take a I look at the look at this. the bottom right window of the house. Okay, well that's terrifying. It looks like one of the projections from one of your holiday, you know, where you project like the scary faces in there. It looks like a terrifying. It seriously looks like two eyes yep. and a gaping mouth. Uh-huh. You don't don't even have to, like, (laughs) stretch to see this. This is pretty evident. Yeah. That's terrifying, Kate. You're welcome. Thank you for my nightmares of tonight. Maybe that's Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Napping House. Um, Napping House comes out in 1984. And the thing I love about it is that it wins a fascinating array of children's literature awards, many of which exist to this day. Some of which do not. Uh, and I, it's sort of a, a glimpse into the world of children's literature in 1984 in a way that most things would not give you this glimpse. So it wins a New York Times Certificate of Excellence. That does not exist. 
It wins a Society of Children's Book Writers award. That's interesting because now they are the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. So that award doesn't exist anymore. Something called a Young Reader Medal. That just, I don't even know. I don't even know who would even make that. That's too bland. Oh, it was a book list best book of the 80s, which I just love right there. And my favorite one, the Golden Sower Nebraska Children's Book Award of 1986 and 1987. Apparently, it just straddled the two years. Nice. Sorry, Even rest of it Nebraska. Came out in 84. Yeah, apparently it comes out in 84, but it didn't really take for the first two years. Gotcha. <laughs> you had to really, had to savor it. Were they, had to steep. Were they sleeping on it? Very nice. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you got it. It didn't win like a cow to cat or anything, but that's okay. People, people were fine with it, generally speaking. Um, my only real objection to it is the fact that it makes me say the word cumulative multiple times when I have to talk about it, because it is a cumulative tale. Uh, there was a sequel. It was called The Full Moon at the Napping House, where the moonlight is so... It just careens into the house so brightly that nobody naps and no one gets any sleep. So sort of the opposite. I, I respect it for that reason. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a different take in some way. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much all you can really say about it. Um, the house is their house. You know, Audrey and Don Wood. She does write the books. He illustrates them. Not always. Sometimes she writes a book and he doesn't illustrate them. Just depends on his mood, I suppose. Ratings time. You go first. I like this book. I do. I like this book because it reads aloud really well. It's very distinctive. Um, you know, I like King Bud Goods in the bathtub too, but I feel like this is, this really reeks of classic to me um, in many ways because it reads aloud well. It's inventive. It's interesting to look at. It's got a lot of details for the people who like a lot of details. Um, it's energetic, not, you know, it's hard to make an energetic, you know, nap book, but I think it does a good job with that. I like how it goes from rainy to sunny. Um, so I'm either rather, uh, rather a bit of fan of this one. I give it a nice, uh, 7.2. Okay. Yes. I think it's a cute story. I could see this being read to a kid before bedtime. Oh yeah. Um, or nap time. It's not my kind of art. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> is it? I guess. It's, I don't know. I don't I really... Can, you know, if he did a son, you know it would be sassy. <sighs> I don't know. I, I'm going to find one of his books and find a sassy son in it just for that. Okay, you do that. Okay. Um, I don't goals. I don't like how the poor kid was left asleep in a chair. <laughs> um, well, clearly he had the impetus to leave. But I do like that everyone's okay with suffocating grandma, and I do like the ghost. <laughs> so I gave it a 6.5. Yay! It's a classic! Yeah! Woo! It's a fun book. All right. It is a fun book. I enjoy that one very much. And speaking of fun, it's letters time. We got a nice one from Josh Funk. Hello, Josh. Josh says, Dear Kate and Betsy, Regarding last week's Eating the Alphabet episode, you couldn't be more wrong about leaks. Oh, being Betsy the most... couldn't be more wrong. Right. Well, right. he meant me. Be... Yeah. Well, you have to wait for him to end, end the oh, sentence. Sorry. He says, You couldn't be more wrong about leeks being the most villainous vegetable. Betsy. <laughs> so, yeah, he was. Yeah, he knew who he was directing that at. As the co-creator of the Lady Pancake and Sir French Toast series, illustrated gloriously by Brendan Kearney. You like how he slipped that in there? Slipped in his own little book there? Very clever. Mm -hmm. Very clever. That's how you do it, folks. I've spent a massive amount of time pondering the most villainous foods. And as far as vegetables go, leeks may be the goofy, boogery, 
oafs of the Onion Crew, hence the slimy grossness, but they certainly aren't villains. After much consideration, deliberation, and meditation, I've concluded the most villainous vegetable is undoubtedly the asparagus. What? If pumpkins are the frat guys of the vegetable world, as Kate suggested, asparagus are the sorority mean girls. They're tall, skinny, they have big fancy hairdos, and they often hang out in cliques. No offense, sorority members. I'm sure many of you are lovely. I, I, I was in a sorority. I'm aware of that. Oh, I'm aware of that. That's why I'm reading this with such a plum. Thank you. Yes. And worst of all, the villainous asparagus stays with you for hours, returning with a stinky stench much later on on the way out. See book number three, Mission Defrostable, for more details about asparagus as a villain. A villainous close second would be the Redacted, which is the villain of the yet-to-be-announced book five in the series, The Redacted. Keep up the great work. <laughs> loving the podcast every Monday morning. Aww. Thank you, Josh. I should say I am never allowing my daughter to listen to this or my son. Uh, they don't care for asparagus. Oh. And it's really one of the only four vegetables I ever serve. So tough nuts for them because we're having it tomorrow night. <laughs> okay. Actually, we're not. We'll have it in two days. No, will we have it tomorrow? No, it'll have to be in two days. Gah, I was going to have it tomorrow. Oh, well. That's okay. Okay. Also, I'm growing asparagus, and they are freaky and have weird hair days. He's completely correct about that. Okay. Yes. All right here. Grown-up things we like. So the Penguinologist introduced to me this new YouTube series Ooh. that I had never heard of. Ooh. It's not new. I've just It's just new to me. Uh, okay. It's called Defunct Land, and they do different episodes of the history of, like... Uh, I'm going to speak to millennials here. Uh, the the history of Legends of the Hidden Temple, the history of uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, those well. old TV shows from the 90s. But they also do the history of The Muppet Show, oh, nice. the history of Fraggle Rock. They also oh. have videos about uh, theme park rides and attractions like the history of the 1964 New York World's Fair and Disneyland rides. And since this is a, uh, you know, a kid's book podcast uh they also have an episode the history of cedar fairs berenstein bear country Ooh, that sounds terrifying i'm very intrigued i (laughs) would like to hear more it's a very interesting uh series they give you like you know if it was a tv show they give you the history of like how the show started um we know like where they got the funds how they made it grow why it went out or like when it stopped airing or maybe if it like was re produced recently it's it's a very interesting show so it's on youtube just check out defunct land and you can just pick whatever episode you want to watch oh that's excellent yeah very cool so i've started watching a new series uh it's on hbo it's called made for love have you heard about it nope it's a dark comedy uh and the summary is that it follows a you know, sort of 30 something year old woman um she's on the run she's been married for 10 years in a suffocating marriage to a very controlling tech billionaire. Uh, it stars one of my favorite actresses, uh, who you can't stand, so I'm not even going to name her. Um, Is it Anna Kendrick? No, it's not Anna Kendrick. I wouldn't Anne watch Hathaway? Her. No, it's not Anne Hathaway. Who? Kristen I'm not, Stewart? I'm not, no, it's not Kristen Stewart. You have to tell so people I'm not, know. I'll just tell you, she was in Wolf of Wall Street. And she has a Tony. No, she was nominated for a Tony. She didn't actually win the Tony. Okay, anyway, let's see if you, people at home, can figure out who it is. Anyway, it's available on HBO, um, and it has one of my newly favorite actors on it, because her dad is played by Ray Romano, who is rapidly... I was not a fan of Everyone Loves Raymond back in the day, but I am a very big fan of Ray Romano as grown women's dads, as he has been playing increasingly in movies lately. 
No one can mistake his voice for anyone but Ray Romano, but you don't always recognize him right away, but he is such a good actor, which is such a delight to say in some ways. Um, the series is also darkly funny, and when people say that, they usually mean it's just dark, but it actually is funny. I have not finished it yet, so maybe it takes like a downward turn, but I've heard it's been renewed for a second season. I don't know how. And did you figure out who it was? Yeah, you, you could have told me your name and I still wouldn't have known who you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I, but it's the woman that plays the mother of How I Met Your Mother. That's right. Kristen Milati, she's a delight. Uh, you can see her in Palm Springs. You can see her in a particularly creepy episode of Black Mirror because she likes doing weird shows. And this show is no exception. Okay. It's very nice. So uh, you can either choose HBO, which you have to pay for, or YouTube, which is free. You could look at it that way. Oh, but she has a thing in her brain that makes her every move uh, controlled. Uh, That's also another element of it. He's like basically the guy who owns Google. Are you still talking about the show? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm in real life. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, The actress. Yeah. She's the actress. Yeah. She's controlled completely. And that's why she does weird shows. I know. (laughs) I couldn't respect it more. (laughs) We should all have weird things in our brains. Yay. (laughs) So the next book you bring me will be about having a weird thing in your brain. Mm. Now I got to think about what that book would be. Yeah, it's probably too modern. Yeah, I keep coming up against these books that we can do on the show, and they're just not twenty years old. Like, and I've I've hit like four of them today. I was like, well, what about this one? No, it came out. They're all they all came out for some reason in two thousand and five. Hmm. So boy, let me tell you, if this show's still going on in twenty twenty five, we got a whole year's worth of stuff all lined up already. Wow. We're good to go. Okay, yes, two thumbs up. <laughs> But until it is 2025, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse 8 Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our trust fall coordinator is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>